Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to the Simplify Podcast, the Keep It Simple Podcast. Um, today we're in for a treat. Uh, we have Mr. Cooper in the house. Uh, Will Cooper uh, is a man of many talents, gifts, talents, uh, without question one of the smoothest human beings that I've ever known. Um, many of us, when we grow up, we want to be like Will Cooper, he uh, always calm, cool, and collected. Uh, this man, I have seen him grow um, by leaps and bounds, just exponentially. I've watched him grow um, as a man, as a Christian, um, as an influencer, as a teacher, um, a young man that has a true heart uh, for God and for people and uh, always busy my gracious sakes will cooper is busy but um today's carved out time for us um at the end of a busy day here and for that we are grateful will cooper welcome to the podcast hey how's it going very well man going very well how are things in south georgia so far so good um getting ready for the christmas season holiday season um, and everything yes. that entails. So, so far, so good. Awesome, man. Cool, cool. So, um, you've had a busy day. I guess you've been in the class classroom all day. You've been teaching? Yes, sir. Yeah. Just winding down this season. It's final exam season. So, just helping students <laughs> get ready for finals and everything that brings around this season. Yeah. So, for folks who do not know, for those that don't know you, um, what grade do you teach? So I teach sixth grade world geography, so all about the world. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man, which is fitting as much as you like to travel. Dude, you never sit still. It makes <laughs> me tired watching you work and travel. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> Glory to God. I just like to see the world where I can see it and just everything that, that comes with it. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. So uh, let's start with with teaching. So kind of going back in your story as far as as you care to, um, at what point did you know you wanted to devote your life to teaching? And then and then kind of what what was that track like? I mean, at what point did you think I want to spend the rest of my life pouring into kids? Yeah, so I teach middle school, which we all know that middle school is kind of that rough age group. Um, yeah. when I was in middle school, sixth grade, I kind of struggled through academically. Um, okay. so I was kind of making it, but I had teachers who really poured a lot into me, um, specifically, uh, my math teacher who I give credit to Miss Robert. She poured into me and showed me that I can succeed like other students. It just, sometimes yes. that success looks different. So it was her just breaking that down to me showing me different ways I can get my education. And that year I was able to exceed in all areas of our standardized test. So I realized that I want to be that champion and that impact for other students who look mm -hmm. like me and some who don't even look like me, just to know that you can get an education and you can. It may look different, um, whatever learning disabilities, whatever plans you need, but just to help everybody um, just get an education so i got a mentor who helped me and i just want to give back to middle school students specifically 
Wow. Which is the roughest, I would have to imagine, the roughest demographic to step into. Am I right? Oh, yes. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 So, so in middle school then, like you have this aha moment. In that moment, are you processing like middle school will? Are you thinking, I, I want to do this like with my life when I get out of high school? And- I don't think that hit me until I got to... Really, the first year of college, um, at first, I was like, I want to do physical therapy. Um, I went and observed a physical therapy place, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. isn't for me. I know I want to be with students because growing up in church, I you know, taught Sunday school and worked with youth, and people always yeah. said I was good with kids. So I found out in college that's what I want to do, middle grade studies, and, and work with those students for real. Wow. So, um, what middle school were you at? I went to Mossy Creek Middle School. So, and the funny Mossy thing Creek. about that is, I teach in the district that I grew up in too. So, wow, yeah, it's my way to give back to the community. So, I really, really enjoy teaching where I grew up, essentially. Yeah. So, are any of the educators who poured into you are they still in the Houston County school system, or are they now your peers? Absolutely. Uh, my wow. champion in education, Ms. Robert, she's still teaching seventh grade math. So we see each other at different wow. conferences and meetings. So it's cool to see that. It really is. Yeah, that's got to be sweet, man. Sweet, sweet. So where did you, did you go to, if you were at Mossy Creek, then you went to Hoko? Um, I actually grew up as a teacher's kid. So I was able to choose. Oh, cool. I went to Veterans High School. So Graduated nice. from Veterans in 2015. 2015. So are both of your parents educators? Um, my mom's a retired educator, and then my dad was actually a state trooper and law enforcement. Okay. So. Oh, wow. I never knew that. Yes, sir. Cool, cool. So so the teaching, that explains why you're so disciplined. So uh. the, teacher, the teacher gene then runs in your blood quite literally. Absolutely. My dad's mother was a teacher for many years. I have so many cousins who are teachers. And then, of course, mm-hmm. my mother as well. Um, and we went to the wow. same college, too. So teaching has always wow. been a passion of mine. Cool, cool. So you graduated high school. Did Have I got it right? You did a few years, a couple years at GMC. I think that's when you and I met, maybe. Am I right? Absolutely. So after school, okay. I went to a junior college, Georgia Military College. Um, and mm-hmm. I got my associates in middle grades to do core classes because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's always a deal with my family to go into your core first and then you can save money. And I went to Georgia College in Milledgeville um, to get mm-hmm. my bachelor's. And that's where I felt really fell in love with the middle grades education academia world. So at GMC yes, or sir. sorry at Middle Georgia. Yes, or at sir. Georgia College. Yeah, Georgia, at Georgia College. College. Yeah, it's so many around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot. So our paths crossed through the Space Between ministry. Who was it that invited you to the Space Between? Was it Charity or was there some – who was yeah. it that, that invited so, you? Charity Lucas invited me to the Space Between, and that's when I had just yeah. started at a Georgia Military College. So I was okay. looking for that sense of community. I had been praying about that, and Charity had messaged me and told me, you guys actually met across the street from where I went to – junior college at so that was pretty yes. cool. yes 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I don't know what episode it was now, maybe Brooks episode, but so for those of you who have followed along and listened to all the episodes, Will Cooper is also a bridesman huh. in Charity's oh, yeah. wedding. So in, oh, yeah. in Brooks <laughs> in Brooks um and in charities, I think. But in those episodes, we talked about um, how we're going to be in Charity's wedding, but mm-hmm. we're going to stand on the bride's oh, side. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she used you and Steve and her brother to sway me. So when she called me to ask me about that, she was like, hey, uh, I thought she was calling me to ask me to officiate the wedding. Um, and uh, Jay Tucker is doing that, which is awesome. I love Jay. Oh, yeah. Um, but then she said, no, I was actually calling asking if you would be in the wedding, but stand huh. on my side. And uh, originally, my first thought was, do I have to wear a dress? <laughs> um, and then quickly, she said, you won't be the only man. Stephen and Will Cooper will be there. And I thought, I literally thought, if Will Cooper's going to be there, I'm and I'll stand oh, yeah. up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so we'll get some good time together here in, what, two weeks or three Absolutely. weeks, I guess, we'll be together. Yes, sir. So be a good night. So so you came, um, came to the space between uh, – I don't know a lot about your story spiritually. I yeah. knew from the moment you walked in our doors um, that you were very, very sincere in your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was apparent to me that you had been discipled um, and had an authentic relationship uh, with Christ. But if you will, just kind of walk us through some of some of your story, the spiritual formation, uh, and then maybe we'll transition into the importance of community, specifically as a college student, and then and then as your life has kind of unfolded. Yes, sir. Um, so I grew up um, Baptist, Missionary Baptist Church. Um, mm-hmm. I went to a small church in Hawkinsville, Georgia, um, where my friend Charity Lucas, her father, was a pastor. So growing up, mm-hmm. church has always been something that my family and I, that was something we did on Sundays. Um, we went to church. We went to Sunday school. Um, my dad was over Sunday school superintendent. Um, so we were all very heavily involved in church. Um, okay. um, and throughout middle school and when we got to Warner Robins, that's when we joined a local Baptist church in town. Um, mm-hmm. through that, I was able to go to youth, um, go to youth church and really at a young age, I'm blessed. Um, it's not one of those crazy stories where you straight away, but I found a blessing in my testimony where I was in church growing up and had that personal relationship that I was able to build myself. Um, with Jesus Mm -hmm. at the young age in middle school. Um, Even in that, I was able to attend the prayer club at school um, and just show my faith out loud. Um, And when I got to high school, um, the church I'm at now, I was able to participate with their high school youth group. Um, And even now, every Sunday, my brothers and I, we go to church because we have that relationship with Jesus because our parents built that firm foundation Um, And in college is when it really struck to me because I stayed home a year and a half going to junior college. Mm -hmm. Um, But in college is when I really found Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. I was in this new academic world and I had to lean on to God because mom and dad weren't always there um, when I was in college. So I 
one of you all told me about the Wesley Foundation. I can't remember who, mm-hmm. um, but I was able to join that ministry in college as soon as, actually it was you, Ben, you told me to get plugged into a college ministry. So I plugged into the Wesley Foundation at Georgia College, which really transformed my spiritual walk. Um, every Wednesday I would go to Wesley service and that would be my church some week. Um, and I was able to be a children's ministry intern in Wesley and build that community in college because I knew you guys were at home praying for me, the space between. But also when I was at school, I was able to go to Wesley Foundation and really find Jesus for myself and lean on to that, um, which in Wesley, um, it's a Methodist college group for those of you who don't know. But we had different worship services, prayer services and things like that. Fast forwarding to being in the world of adulting now, um, I'm able yeah. to... I'm in church. Um, I attend Fellowship Bible Baptist Church here in Warner Robins, Georgia, um, serving with the core men's on men's ministry and just helping lead other young adults to Jesus is really a calling Mm -hmm. of mine now because I know what it's Mm -hmm. like to be in college. I know what it's like to be struggling, but just staying at that um, center of Jesus has really helped me um, just become who I am today. Um, really. So church has always been a strong foundation, but getting to know Jesus through that Wesley Foundation, as well as space between, um, it mm-hmm. really has opened doors to where I am now um, as a person, yeah. really. Yeah. So so are you, st- I know that you're still in deep relationship with many uh, that were in the space between. Do you still have some of those deep relationships with folks from the Wesley Foundation at your time in Milledgeville? Absolutely. Um, once a year, yeah. we try to all get together. We have like a taste of Milledgeville that we go to in Wesley Foundation. Um, but my yeah. discipleship groups in college form my foundation of friends that I have from college. So it's always yeah. a good time, whether it's homecoming or whether it's going to the Wesley Taste of Milledgeville. Um, so I formed a core group of friends from being involved with um, Wesley Georgia College. Absolutely. That's incredible, man. That's so good. And that was, you know, so uh, just a couple of days ago, I was on the phone um, with Brooke and, mm-hmm. and uh, Bethany Brooks. I don't know if you know Bethany. You know B? I don't think so. Uh, Melanie Brooks. And there's a whole family. It's Sean and, and uh, uh, Riley and Tucker and Bethany. But Bethany, um, they're all Trinity kids. But Bethany's a freshman. No, she's not a freshman anymore, dude. She's a sophomore now oh, wow. at huh. Auburn. And um but anyway, from the time Bethany graduated, I've been telling her you gotta get it you need to connect with a college ministry, find a campus ministry. Mm-hmm. And just a couple of days ago, um Bethany's home for Christmas. Brooke called me, had it on speaker in the car, you know, and she's like, Hey, B's in the car. I'm like, Hey B, you have you visited any campus ministries yet? And she's like, No. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta visit you gotta get active and and uh begin to visit those ministries she said she would so i hope that she will oh, yeah. um yeah so in that the statistics in that are staggering the drop off at high school graduation um the numbers just the sheer numbers are um are staggering and uh and then and then the small percentage that do come back to a life in christ but it's typically only after the birth of their first child Mm -hmm. and uh, so i applaud you man for for staying 
in the game for for making it a point to connect and and to stay involved um and and to continue to cultivate your relationship with christ um you are one that is absolutely beaten the statistics uh for sure so have you always had a love for travel is that new or is that kind of was that developed in you from young because you're jet setting like when i see you i'm following you on uh instagram and that you're you're doing some really really cool stuff yeah um so the pandemic in 2020 i actually graduated in 2020 during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. i think that taught me a lot because my senior year of college was cut short so my friends and I, we had a bucket list of things we were going to do after we submitted our graduate exit exam. But that March okay. 13th, our college journey got cut short. So oh, no. we never got to do that. And that just taught me, I think that just opened doors that I want to travel, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. during 2020 and beyond, I guess we're in 2023 now, um, I just traveled when I could, um, connected with friends that I haven't seen in a long time because Life is short, you know, and I lost an important person to me in 2019, um, one of my mentors. So it just taught me that, you know, we should travel and just live well, live in that abundance, but also balance life. Because I was always up in my book studies that sometimes I would miss out on family events, miss out on other stuff. But now I'm in a season where I've graduated and I can travel. Um, So that's just something I like to do, travel um, I say that's my dream job one day, travel and teach across the world, but um, I yeah. really enjoy traveling just whenever I can. Yeah, and it's quick and in a hurry. I mean, it's <laughs> like school ends on a Friday oh, yes. or whatever you're out, and like the next day in your stories, I see you checking yeah. in at airports, and then next thing I know, it's the other thing that I appreciate is it's a lot of it is, so you're an undercover foodie, I think. Absolutely. Like you appreciate the good food and and uh so so chronicling that and allowing some of us to live vicariously through you is actually a gift i mean you you all seek out so do you have a group that you travel with is it the same kind of group or how are you doing that yeah so i have a group um in covid it was a group of us um we're like in a young adult ministry so we travel all together so when it's a group of four friends we all travel whenever we're in cities we try to meet up with each other Mm -hmm. um but i'm also in a fraternity so a lot of my frat brothers live all over the country so i'm able to travel that way as well wow yes so is that how you know the spots to go eat because they're not like touristy spots you're eating it like The, the inside scoop local spots is what it looks like to me. Oh, yeah. And TikTok. I look at TikTok, my reels all the time. TikTok has everything that you can imagine, all of the the reels and the good food. That's where I go to. Ten out of okay. ten times, it's it's a TikTok reels that brought From me there. TikTok. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yes. So for I sure. do not. I guess I guess age, you know, I've <laughs> crossed the threshold where I'm officially old and uh, I don't have a TikTok. I never have, um, never had ventured into the world of TikTok. But when we were doing student ministry, you all kept kept me young. You know, y'all oh, were yeah. the ones that <laughs> made sure I was informed and up to speed on things. But 
having transitioned out of student ministry and into kind of a lead pastor role, I don't yeah. have near as much uh, uh, as much influence with the young folks. So, um, so um, teaching now. Uh, two things. I want to get into this kind of dream, this vision of being able to travel and, and speak and teach and educate people. But um, teaching now in your current context, um, what are your favorite things about being an educator? Um, my favorite thing about being an educator is just to connect with students um, I teach social studies, world studies, and a lot of times people think social studies is all about dates and it's boring. But if you mm -hmm. were to walk into my classroom, you would see students. We're up and we're engaged. Um, I typically don't do many notes on the computer um, because I get bored from that. So I know they get bored and we have a different <laughs> yeah. generation now. So. I like to engage in the text, whether that's a virtual field trip, whether that's teaching them about the culture and religion and different customs of countries. Um, and I like to bring it to life. So I think that's always been a dream of mine. Either number one was to be on TV or number two was to teach. So I get to bring <laughs> that to the classroom and I get to bring it to life for students who may not even go out of our current city sometimes. So. It's just amazing just to bring that culture to the classroom, um, just to connect with yeah. students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, um, I know when I was doing student ministry, they're not, you know, being in the classroom, educating the student ministry, it and the same, but there are parallels. Um, are there moments when you see the lights come on in a in a kid's eyes like when you're you're pouring in you're you, you can tell they're on the brink and you're really you're really pouring in and doing all that you know and can and then there's that moment do you see that like in in kids absolutely those light bulb moments where students just light up you know um, we can be yeah. even studying about a document maybe treaty of versailles or something and having that interactive lesson where they're able not only to light up, but they have conversation and questions that they ask from the lesson. So you can tell with their discourse that they understand it and they're going home. Parents text me that they're talking about the lesson at the dinner table or something like that. And that's just wow. awesome to see, really. Yeah. That's when you know you're making a difference, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So much more than just showing up, clocking in and clocking out. Oh, yes. Yes, it's yeah. a lot that goes into it. I tell my kids, I don't have kids now, but those are my students, you know, um, just showing up for those for those students when I can. Yeah. So what importance did community play, whether it be, you know, middle school, high school, the first year and a half at GMC, the last couple years in, in Milledgeville, even now out in the workforce, you know, in each of those ages and stages of life, there's consistency in the church, but mm -hmm. beyond the walls of the church, what, what, it, what's the importance of authentic community? What's that? What role has that played in your life? Um, authentic community to me, um, just not carrying the load by yourself. Um, you know, knowing that you have people there. And I think my greatest example of that was when I joined the Space Between. 
um, because a lot of my friends had gone off to college and I was still there in middle Georgia. But just having that community, which I saw my friends who went to GMC, I met at Space, just having people there and sharing that load. Um, Mm -hmm. And for me, most of my young 20s was in COVID, in the pandemic, um, during lockdown. So even us connecting, even virtually during those times, having Mm -hmm. people and having a safe space to share and to do life with, essentially, um, having those people in your corner. I think that's Mm -hmm. so important with community because some people are like, I'm just going to hold everything in. But we really do need community um, as humans just to um, be better efficient in life, you know, and it it helps Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And I know that's that's one place that's one if I if there were a pivotal moment in our relationship, at least from my side of things was, you know, when the. When there was all of the civil unrest, so you had uh, the George Floyd incident, you had the Breonna Taylor incident, seemingly back to back. Oh yeah. I mean, um, um, and then my my brain just went completely blank. But the young man from uh, Georgia on the coast. Yes. Help me, Kendrick. Um, I forget his last name, but I know who you're talking about. Yes. But all of those things hit just bam, 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 bam. And, um, you know, social media, Instagram and those things had the little blackout uh, icon that they did in support of of, um, Black Lives Matter and that. And then it seemed like the rest of the world just kind of got on with life. Mm -hmm. And... um, as a middle-aged white dude um, who thankfully had a mosaic of people represented mm-hmm. both in our youth ministry and in our college career age ministry, um, mainly dictated by the location of our campus. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Young people walking to us from the community where we were situated. In that season, I realized, like, Ahmaud Arbery. Ahmaud Arbery is the name I was trying to recall, and yes, it would not come right. to me. But that was the that was the um, young man there in Georgia that 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 instance wrecked me. Mm-hmm. That messed. I mean, that messed me up. And I don't know if it's because it was close to home. I don't know if it was because all of those things were happening, and that was what the tipping point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, what I'm getting at is I needed, I needed a safe space to ask some really, really hard questions without oh, judgment. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you and charity allowed me that, mm-hmm. um, in a gentle way, in a, in a very, very gracious, um, loving kind way and in that season because i know each of you so well i know both of you were hurting Mm -hmm. both of you were experiencing just this gamut of emotions Mm -hmm. from mourning Mm -hmm. and grief to anger i mean just to to scared nervous Mm -hmm. um anxiety um 
But then to make time and space for me to be able to meet with you, it was COVID. We had to meet oh, yeah. virtually. We, yeah. we were not able to meet in person. But anyway, my point in my rambling about that is that's when, in my mind, where you became my friend, right? So before Amen. that, it was almost like a teacher and a student or a mentor and a mentee. Mm-hmm. or that, that was kind of the nature and dynamic of our relationship. But in that, in that conversation and in the days that followed, uh, we crossed a threshold, or I felt like mm-hmm. we did, to where Absolutely. we're actually friends. And, um, and so, A, thank you for that. Um, to be able to to allow that uh, even in the midst of all that you were processing and dealing with um you talked earlier about people who look like you what 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 was your experience like whether it be gmc or whether mm-hmm. it be uh in milledgeville or even now in the workplace mm-hmm. um as a successful black man mm-hmm. um who is incredible in every way um what has that journey been like for you yes um and first also during that time that 2020 season i thank you for also opening that space too because i can remember i was living in milledgeville in my apartment at the time because we were they say locked down at the time um and when all this stuff was happening i didn't have anyone like i was in military in my apartment by myself so those thursday nights when we did we met virtually i remember the space between we met virtually and we worshiped but we bought those topics you know to the forefront and just having that was a healing moment for me just as a black man knowing that you all see me as well and as well as charity but those moments were just so i'll never forget those moments where we had those crucial conversations um, so that was a healing space for me as well. Um, but growing up as a, a black male in America, you know, we see the statistics a lot um, as well as graduation rates or people coming from single homes and everything that the media portrays. Um, <laughs> I graduated from what they call a predominantly white institution, um, one of the best ones in Georgia. But backing up from that, I was always raised, um, my parents, we grew up in a nice neighborhood. Um, My mom always taught me to treat people well because you never know who you're treating. It could be Jesus. And I didn't see that until it got to college because growing up, I had black and white friends. I went to Mm -hmm. veterans, lived in Kathleen, Georgia, Um, but I didn't really face that civil unrest until I got to Milledgeville, really, Georgia College. Okay. Um, as you can okay. imagine, some going to a predominantly white institution, oftentimes in spaces, I'm the only black male, which I realize that, the only black mm-hmm. male or the only person of color in those spaces. Um, and wow. just learning how to navigate those spaces. I remember hearing comments, oh, you're just here because you got a Pell Grant or affirmative action when they didn't know is my parents made well money. So I couldn't even afford to get a Pell Grant because my parents were able to pay for college or just different, mm-hmm. uh, different comments like that. Um, and that really did strike a nerve with me. It, it messed me up mentally for a while, you know, going to counseling 
Um, with all these negative things, people would say, even going into the College of Education, being the only mm-hmm. black male out of, at the time we had middle grades, early childhood, and high school, 80 students in the College of Education, being the only black male, and oftentimes wow. feeling like I need to speak up, but if I do speak up, I'm not going to be able to graduate. And those microaggressions, navigating around mm-hmm. those, and it didn't help when all the George Floyd came and Amart Aubrey and all these things you saw on social media. Um, mm-hmm. And it just made me reflect for a while and just realize that I'm still, at the end of the day, I'm still there for a purpose. My purpose was to graduate with my degree. Um, and God allowed that. And God also allowed me to be in spaces where I was able to put procedures in place, like a diversity plan, um, talk to different people. And that's where it used my anger I didn't want to be seen as a crazy black man, but I want to educate people um, and educate people when it comes to diversity and inclusion. That's my passion. So being on the boards of different diversity panels and speaking to people um, so students that come after me don't have to face those issues. um, I think that's where I was really able to use that social justice. Um, And that opened doors to where I am today. Um, I'm currently consulting with the National Civil and Human Rights um, Museum in Atlanta. Um, So I'm able to create the content that goes out to educators across the country when it comes to human rights, social injustice, civil rights. Um, And I'm even to the point this year, I thank God for everything. I'm speaking at universities in Georgia on how do we teach this to our students how do we bring these to our teacher candidates who look like me those um people of color who look like me so how can we Mm -hmm. can we make a difference so i was angry at the time but it's just about bringing this anger and and teaching other people really um Mm -hmm. whether it's networking or whether it's my presence sometimes just walking in a room knowing that i am still a christian at the end of the day i'm a man of god i'm a black educated man Um, But knowing that I do have value and that I don't have to, per se, shrink myself or be what others think I should be. Um, Mm -hmm. And even the job where I am now teaching in a Title I school, um, over 80% of students look like me. And just seeing that, I didn't have that growing up. Um, I didn't Mm -hmm. go to the schools where a lot of students look like me. But seeing those young black boys light up when I I teach them new things or we have our mentoring sessions um, and just seeing the impact that I'm making just by my presence alone. Um, I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not a football coach, but I'm I teach academic to them and just being there for my students, seeing those students who look like me. I want them to succeed and them to get the same things I was able to do. It literally, it makes my day bright every day that I do go to work, even those hard days, <laughs> knowing that I'm making that impact on students who do look like me. Because like I said, my yeah. story, it was different. I didn't go to school with students who look like me, um, if we're being honest. But now I'm able to give that impact to them. So I think of everything college will had to go through got me to where I am now. And I be, I'm able to pour out to students, but also um, in the consulting realm as well. Mm-hmm. So when I see you traveling and speaking, just recently I've seen um, posts and on your stories where you're presenting. I mean, you're on a you're on a stage, you're on a platform, and it's obvious that you are that you're. 
presenting you're teaching yeah um what is that what what rooms are those where what are you is that with the atlanta group or what, yes. is, what is that okay so most recently i started an education consulting um it's called be who you needed um and what that is it's being what i needed when i was younger um never had a black male teacher so those spaces what that looks like is most recently i went to washington dc for a week i was able to present on a panel that i started called new teachers unplugged navigating the classroom and beyond um, my focus was student teachers giving them tips and things how to succeed get your resume how to navigate in those new spaces but from there principals attended superintendents so my whole thing is helping students succeed student teachers succeed um, going into the workforce because the numbers are trickling down about the numbers of people who want to become educators so it's giving them the tools right? absolutely um, it's like a mass exodus of educators right now in America so if I can just help that one person give them the tools they need because at one point I didn't want to be a teacher because it was so hard to even do it. Um, but just giving them those tools necessary. Um, and with my social justice advocacy um, with the National Civil Rights Museum, I'm able to write that content because um, a lot of times people focus on Martin Luther King and key social justice advocates, but giving voices to other people. Um, and that's mm -hmm. the information that I'm able to write into lesson plans and um, give out to teachers across the country as well um, to teach amen, all amen. students. Yeah. Gosh, that's incredible. See, I didn't even know. I mean, I knew that you were making moves. I knew that you were traveling and teaching. I, I follow you. I keep up with you uh, closely. I had no idea that you were writing curriculum. And when I asked you on, um, I wanted your story your testimony, your story, mm -hmm. kind of God's faithfulness in your life and the importance of community. I wanted you to be have a platform to share that um, because the bits and pieces that I know of your story are phenomenal. I had no idea that you were doing all this, that you were writing curriculum and doing all this other work, dude. That's, praise God. God gets the glory. Amen. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Um, so... Uh, talking about this mass exodus of teachers, is it is it behavioral driven? Is it because like when I outsider looking in, right? I'm a mm -hmm. preacher. What do I know? <laughs> but when I look at when I hear about the school system, when I look at school and stuff, even when I was doing student ministry, there were times where we would have some bad A kids come huh. in. You know what I mean? And and it would only take one or two instances. And finally, I would just look at them and say, this isn't school. That's right. Like this, this isn't. I don't know what you're used to, or but that here in this space in our culture, that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. In this culture, we respect each other. We take care of the stuff in the room. This place is amazing, you know. Um, so is is the mat? And a lot of those kids were shocked. Like you're not supposed to say that <laughs> to me. But um, is a lot of the mass exodus? Is it behavioral driven, or are are people like I don't I don't want any part of that. That's a big part of it. it is it is behavior driven um, once teachers get okay. into the profession because we teach a different breed of students, I guess they would say. Um, sure. And I'm pretty sure people say COVID has to do with that. But even before then, um, but also it's those teachers getting into the profession. 
um, there are so many obstacles. You've got to take tests. And when I was in school, you have to take the NTPA and you have to pass that to get in. But there's even difficulty getting into teaching. And let alone when you're there, you want to stay having to deal with behavior. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big deterrent for a lot of people. Um, once you get in a few years, you know, nothing's done with the behavior. So teachers go find other jobs because as mm-hmm. teachers, our job is transferable into skills, whether that's ed tech or anything else. But it's the lack of sometimes respect from students, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do try to, you know, correct that behavior, it's no support at home and you're out doing everything you, that you can. Um, and mm-hmm. it's that lack of support, too. Um, which leaves a lot of teachers going to find other jobs um, in today's climate. Yeah. So, so in your approach to teaching, the way do you, that you go about things, is the buy-in, I would bet that the buy-in is higher, so then the behavioral issues, they'll always exist. But I would bet as a child, as a kid, I don't know if you call sixth graders children, but as oh, yeah. a kid <laughs> buys into you and to your approach and to how you go about education or educating them, as they buy in, then do the behavioral issues begin to subside? Absolutely. Um, you hit it yeah. um, head on. It's about building that culture with students. I always say my first two weeks, it's building that classroom community. Um mm-hmm letting students make the rules a classroom constitution those are the rules that we all come up with of course i look over them but it's building that community and culture that we talk about having that classroom community is so so important um, and it helps throughout the school year when it comes to classroom management and classroom Mm -hmm. behavior having set the precedent those first few weeks yeah so you've been in the classroom is this year three or four um this is year four yes sir sorry your phone i didn't hear you it just uh, cut out just for a moment yes year four so going into my fourth year, year four. of teaching yes sir so have you do you have kids now that are coming back to see you that are dropping in to see you or after you're graduating kids out of your class then are they coming back to check on mr cooper Absolutely. I see that all the time. Students coming in, um, saying hello and things like that. My first group, they're ninth graders, so I I see them time to time. So that's really cool to see. Yes, sir. What about out? Like you'll be out to eat or doing something and you hear somebody like, yo, Mr. Cooper. Oh, yeah. Have you run into that yet? Yes, at the football games, restaurants, even (laughs) seeing parents sometimes. It's always cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the good stuff, man. When when um, you can always tell. So when you're out and about, you run into a former student. There's two types, right? There's some that they see you and they kind of duck and and move away. Oh yeah. There's others that they see you and they beeline. I mean, they're coming straight away. They're coming to you. Oh yes, for uh, sure, for sure. It's always a really, really good feeling. So the travel and teaching. Um, you say that's kind of the, the the dream or the goal. Would you want to continue to educate in the classroom and, I mean, like almost bivocational, or, or is the idea to transfer into more speaking engagements? 
Um, eventually to transfer into speaking engagements. But the good thing about teaching is a lot of people say we get our summers free. Um, mm -hmm. But what I found in the last three years, I've done it every summer, is the summer is my time to travel and teach. I used to want to go and teach in either Dubai or Europe and go teach English. But there's so much to do here in the States. So in the yeah. summer, um, I technically get paid to travel. Um, I apply to different teaching fellowships. Um, I always do the cities I've never heard of because um, they have teachers <laughs> to lead programs in other states. Um, and with that, I'm able to teach and network that way. Um, so I'm able to travel, teach, and, and even speak sometimes. Um, there's yeah. one opportunity to go to South Africa um, and learn about civil rights in South Africa even. Um, but there's so many opportunities for teachers to travel in their leisure in the summer and get paid for it. So that's what I enjoy. I like wow. to see the world and just and see everything. But also my job is to teach. So I like to when those two can connect with each other, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you teaching any? Are you uh, teaching, preaching any? I know you said you're uh, leading a Sunday school. Uh, do you so in the context of your local church, are you doing lay speaking like Sunday morning teaching? Yes. Yeah, so. I think for two quarters now, I've led a Sunday school class um, with uh, some friends at church. So I teach a Sunday school class, but I also am on the core team of the men's ministry at my church. Um, so we have different men's events and, and different Bible studies that we do there. But I really enjoy teaching Sunday school. It's something that I've always done. But this time, I'm the youngest one in the room, um, and I like to sit down and get wisdom from elders. Um, a lot of those people are retired or a parent's age or beyond. Um, so I'm able to teach the class, but also learn from them as well, which has been amazing wow. to sit down with fellow believers as well. You talk about authentic community. That's a snapshot of A, for them to allow you to lead them as a teacher. Absolutely. But then B, for the humility for you to for you to have such a grasp on you know they many of them have probably forgotten more about faith than you've learned so far you know i say that all the time right. uh it's it's an odd feeling when you're when you're the one that's tasked with teaching people who more often than not know as much if not more than, than absolutely than we do you know that that's a beautiful thing to learn from from the elders. So earlier you talked about uh, siblings. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, how many siblings do you have? I have two. I'm a middle child, so I have an older brother and a younger brother. We're all three years yeah. apart, so I'm 26. I've got one who's 29, and then the youngest is 23, Anthony and Alex. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you all are you all are close. Absolutely. Um, we're finally all back in the same city. Um, my oldest brother was going to school in North Georgia. Alex was at UNLV. So we're finally all in our careers now. So we live in the same city, which is a blessing. Um, my oldest brother is an OT, um, and the youngest he's finding his way with engineering. So we've all been wow. close growing up, three years apart. So yeah. Absolutely. But even now, as grown men, you're, you're friends, like you're close. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Wow. 
that in and of itself is relatively rare, right? I mean, that a um, lot of adult siblings kind of grow apart and end up in their yeah. careers and go their own way. Um, talk about the importance of faith and family and, and friends. Yes, sir. Um, and then the other connection. So I'm curious about this. So I know that you and Alex, Alexandria Simonton, yes. are very are very close, right? Yes, like, yes. Like very, very close friends. Yes. Um, that relationship, that friendship has always fascinated me. Um, <laughs> Alex is one of my favorite people. She, like you, is delightful and really fun to follow because yes. she's always up to something. Um, yeah. Uh, her Instagram feed is gold. Um, yes. But but how did that relationship, how did that friendship develop? And, and what was it that forged this bond, this friendship? Yes. So the funny thing is, I think junior year, we graduated together and went to high school together. Junior okay. year, we both served as class officers together, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. But we really didn't connect that much at Veterans because Veterans is a large school anyways. I think we took a band class together. Um, But in Space Between is actually where our friendship um, started, really, um, because we were both in college here and we were looking to transfer to other schools. So I think that's Mm -hmm. where our bond started. Um, And then she went to Southern and fell in love with Savannah. Um, and I go to Savannah all the time, so we both love to travel, and we just have a lot of similarities. So I think that's yeah. where our bond started, and now we're like best friends now. Um, a lot yeah. of the same music and and different things, but yeah, it started in the space between. Actually, now that I think of it, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you all knew one another before that yeah but then really bonded through space between absolutely yeah so every time i'm in savannah um we'll always connect whether we're going to a new coffee shop or a new place to eat or i always go to her church compassion christian when i'm in savannah because i have family there too so i always say that's my home away from home so absolutely so your family worships at compassion um, I do when I go. I have a cousin who lives oh, there. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. So Compassion is right around the corner. So I'll always go to catch a service there when I'm in town. Sweet. She trips me out, man. That kid, <laughs> she's not a kid anymore. That young woman, there's no telling what she's up to. She gives, I guess, I don't know that she's compensated for it, but the uh, she'll give like random um, reviews on just, yeah stuff yeah i mean it'd be something that she bought on the clearance aisle at target or something absolutely oh she tickles me man absolutely she is a hoot so um and then uh and then there was a season so this surprised me this this was a very in my brain anyway was a very uncharacteristic will cooper move (laughs) so you lived you lived at the swan house for a for a season i did i did i did i was there today actually yeah were you yes so for anybody that's listening or or (laughs) been following along a few episodes ago we had hayden martin on and and hayden um and this it's been like a over these years, the Swan House, so the house is located on Swan Circle or Drive it is. Circle? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it's Circle, um, yeah. And for our college and career group, 
uh, it was always the bachelor pad and kind of where we would have guys steak night and all these different oh, yeah. things. And, and, um, there have been multiple roommates in and out of there, but you know, Hayden can be at different times can be, you know, kind of a little bit zany and wild <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, Andrew was in there for a while. Matt Meeks was in there for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, Matt is like you is, is, um, more reserved. But so there was a point in there where I guess it was Hayden mentioned. I said something. He's like, yeah, Will and I will get supper. And I'm like, Will Cooper. And he was like, yeah, like y'all are meeting for dinner. And he's like, no, we're eating at the house. And I said, okay. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll like we're roommates, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Oh yeah. So you you lived at the Swan House? Yes, I did. I enjoyed it. I think I was there a year and a couple months, but yeah, um, like you said, it was always a bachelor pad for you know space. But I enjoyed yeah. my time there. I, I'm I go often to go see Hayden, but yeah, that was my my home. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good, man. I, I uh, with the engagement and that. Uh, yeah, that was the first place I had duck. Actually, I would open the freezer sometime and see deer, <laughs> um, open it and see duck and different things and and good old Hurley. Yeah. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, what are your plans then? What do you got upcoming? I know you, uh, you're not a, I mean, you are, you do wing it, but you are very structured. Yeah. What, what's your plans? What have you got coming up that you're excited about? Um, I know the holidays for me, I'm not traveling this year because we only get a week and a few days off for break this year. Um, hmm. so I'm just going to be intentional about spending time with family for the holiday season. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully this summer, travel out the country, um, mm -hmm. hopefully so. Um, but as far as, I always like to, of course, leave room for God to leave. But I say in the next few years, um, maybe hopefully getting my doctorate, um, let's mm -hmm. say five years, um, mm -hmm. and just being that educational leader while also having that ability to work, of course, with consulting on the side. But yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm in the house. So for now so you've gotten your master's done right and then is next, that right yes sir and the wow. next the next thing is to get a doctorate of education or a phd because yeah. there's this higher education world as well that's where i came from yeah. georgia college so it's figuring that out but also realizing that i am 26 and that i still have time and that i need to yeah. enjoy life as well so yeah, what a luxury, dude. So I just started in on my doctorate, and uh, we're at the end of the first semester now. And it is, um, it's a load. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a yes. load. Worth, worth it, but a load for sure. Oh, yes. Cool, cool. Well, um, I end every episode uh, with the same question uh, the name of the podcast is the Keep It Simple Podcast. Uh, Will Cooper, Mr. Cooper. I like to refer to you as Mr. Cooper. 
at some point <laughs> was it a was it was it a handle that you had or was it a post you made there was um, something at some point that was call me mr cooper and i was like yes i will i'll call you mr cooper yes so call me mr was like a group of educators we were with in college okay. but hanging with mr cooper is what my parents told me it was like a show a long time ago, which I still need to go okay. watch that show. So that was my education Instagram for a long time, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Gotcha. I must have merged those two. My brain oh, yeah. will do that. But at some point in my mind, it was call me Mr. Cooper. I'm like, you know oh, yeah. what? I will gladly call you Mr. Cooper. <laughs> yes, sir. So the name of the podcast is Keep It Simple. Mr. Will Cooper, how do you keep? things simple um i think i keep things simple by realizing that there is a balance in life so balancing my day-to-day task with also leaving time to live in the abundance of what god has given me so i like to balance the two so i'm in my word but i'm also enjoying each season that i'm given so taking advantage of everything that i can but also leaving room for God to move. Absolutely. Amen, man. You you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> you are a remarkable human being. Will, thank you. I know that you're swamped. I know you're working up early, working long days um, to carve out an hour to sit down with us at the end of a busy day. Um, I know um, is a lot, and I just want to say thank you. Um, I really genuinely appreciate you, and I can't wait to see you, dude. Uh, two weeks or whatever, yeah, three weeks. That's right. That's right. We'll be together. Uh, I don't know. It, I guess you and I will have to uh, hang out together in the Absolutely. bachelorette party. I've never been part of a bachelorette <laughs> party, but I got instructions the other day that yes. we are required to hang out at the bachelorette party. So that's right. I'll that see. may look <laughs> that may look like you and I. Uh, yeah. hanging out so yeah awesome dude i appreciate you i love you love and i uh, can't wait to see you can't wait to be with you and uh I, I thank you anytime thank you for having me i appreciate you you betcha see yes, you sir. brother see you